I'm Sean. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to Sean and Mike Take a Hike. Welcome to another episode of Sean and Mike Take a Hike. What are we going to be talking about today, Sean? Uh, Today, I thought we would talk about, um, I guess I'm going to say bear bags, but really more bear uh, deterrent devices i guess i don't know what's what's the collective food term? storage food storage maybe overnight, or like overnight food storage stuff stuff options keeps, stuff whatever keeps <laughs> bears out of your stuff <laughs> whatever right, that right. category is so um, we're, we're not talking about fighting off a bear we're talking about how to keep them away from your camp or at least not try to lure them to your camp yeah right like we had mentioned in a previous episode about um that one podcast we had talked about where you know back in the day people just littered and all this sort of stuff and didn't really think too much about bears right. or like actively invited bears into their camp. And that was a right to clean up their garbage for them. Yeah, exactly. So that was like a whole different time. And now that we, as people kind of know better and know that that's a bad thing, we've invented all of these ways to still go out into nature, but keep the bears from eating your food or really not even just food, but like, you know, any of your people smelly stuff that bears might be attracted to, to want to come investigate or break into what are the ways that we have these days to go out into the back country, but keep bears out of your stuff. Right. So like, that's the big thing that I wanted to talk about today. Right. And, um, before we get too deep into this, uh, if you can't tell, I'm fighting off a little bit of a bug. So, um, might sound a little hoarse. I might sneeze. I might cough. I'll do my best to mute, um, but we might not be able to edit all that out. So my apologies in advance, everybody. Yeah, we'll we'll do our best. But... Fighting something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been, it's been weeks, and I've, we've been needing to record another episode. Yeah, so. exactly. So we'll we'll muddle through and apologies in advance for the audio on this, maybe. But I think I think we'll be right. all right. Yeah. Um, yes. So do you want to start with maybe let's do uh, let's do the one that we're most familiar with you and I let's start with bear bags right well you and I really aren't even familiar with bear bags because we just use dry bags right so there is a difference there is a difference so, so all right so tell so, the people what the difference is so the difference between a dry bag and a bear bag is basically the out, uh, the exterior exterior material, and a dry bag is more just a waterproof, seemingly should be an odor proof to help keep the, the odors from leaking and all that kind of stuff. So shouldn't lure the bears um, and shouldn't necessarily be an issue. Um, that's what we typically use in our areas because we don't have where we've gone anyway is not a big bear problem area. We've seen the scat, but we've not seen the bear. Right. Um, the, a bear, a bear bag or a bear sack, virtually the same thing, but is made more out of a Kevlar or a thicker material that the bear claws and jaws, uh, it's harder for them to break through or break into. Um, so that if they do find it, they do smell it, anything like that, then it's harder for them to actually get to the food and maybe they leave it alone after a, a little bit of uh, trying to get to it. Right. So, so, that, so that's the main difference. Yeah. Okay. So fair points. And it's good to make that distinction. So we use the, like you were saying, we use dry, basically a dry sack. 
And for anybody that's not familiar with what that even is, it is basically, um, I mean, I think they're invented for boating, really. Isn't that what, that what most people use them for? Boating and fishing type stuff, yeah. Yeah, so you put all your stuff in the sack, and then you, like, roll the lip down a couple of times and fold it over on itself and, and make, like, a, you know, think of kind of like a small it, duffel bag, more or less. Um, right, that, and it makes a watertight seal. So, seemingly, if it's watertight, it should be airtight, so, therefore, the odors aren't getting out. So, it's it's fine to use. It just doesn't have the exterior exterior material that's strong enough to withstand a bear attack right so we've got this like waterproof theoretically fairly scent proof bag but even that on its own it's like okay so you got all your stuff in this even that is not enough to stop a bear from getting into it so right. what then you are supposed to do with this thing according to the rules is you find a tree or um, some places will have like a designated pole that you can hang it from. We've been to a couple of places that have bare poles, um, yep. but lacking a designated bare pole, you're supposed to go away from your camp. Um, I think they say again, like 200 feet or whatever, so that it's not right next I, to your camp. What I was reading today is at least a hundred. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Get it away from your campsite. A good distance away from your yeah, camp. Yeah, Um, So that if a bear does come across it, well, it's not coming across it in your campsite then, at least. And right. so what you do is you take rope, or we take paracord because it's lightweight and easy to fold back up. Mm -hmm. um, you find a tree or something similar, like I said, maybe a bear pole. And then you are supposed to go out. Isn't it 10 feet out on a branch? Ten, yeah, so that's, 10 feet out on a limb. That's the problem is you got to find one that's like 12 to 15 feet up in the air and a branch mm -hmm. that's long enough so that you can go from the actual trunk of the tree. You need to be out like 10 feet and you throw mm -hmm. this rope up over it good enough to get the rope back down to you. And then you clip your bag onto that and then you hoist your bag up so that it's like 10 or 15 feet up in the air and 10 or 15 feet out from the trunk of the tree. Right. So that you can't reach it, and, basically. And we have had to do that. We have. On our, on the, uh, from our previous episode of uh, uh, Escape Routes, uh, the, the year, last year, when we had to uh, leave the pictured rocks, when we had to camp, in a non-designated camping area, we'd hike back a mile out into the trail. There, There's nothing out there because it's not a camping spot. There's no bear locker. There's no bear pole. There's nothing like that. So we had to use a tree. Um, we were pretty close to the 100-foot mark, I want to say. I think distance um, from camp, we were solid. Yeah. Like we were good. It was a yeah. good distance away from camp. The that tree limb was pretty high. And uh, I don't think we got necessarily 10 feet away from the tree. I don't think but we got anywhere we did close our, to 10 feet away from the tree. I'll be honest with you. We did, we did our best with the elements because it was raining. So yeah. we did our best. We did do our best. Well, I'll give you the credit because you did it. Well, so. I mean, it was, you know, we were there was a whole slew of things that were going wrong that day, aside from the rain and all the things. And I wouldn't say I was in right, a mood right. to <laughs> make sure that I found the exact perfect tree and get it exactly the right distance from the trunk. We did our best. Now, having said that, we didn't have any problems that night. But right. that also illustrates the problem with re 
regular bear bags or this dry bag system. That is one of right. the reasons that as time goes on, people are saying less and less that these, that this method, they're saying this method is not effective. Right. Well, I was reading a little bit on that this afternoon too. And one of the things is that in an area where a bear has gotten into human food before they, it, it disrupts their hunting patterns and they, they start going more into the camp areas where humans are to try to get their food. And so that has happened enough times to where bears have just figured out, oh, I see this paracord or I see this rope. I can just slash that with my teeth or with my paws and down comes the food. Right. So, so they've gotten, they're pretty smart with that. And there are other methods where you use a, I think it's called the countersink method to where you don't even tie it off to another tree. just two bags dangling and they use each other as a counterweight, um, one rope type of a deal. I'll read on this too, but I don't think I would ever use that method. It's really difficult to set up, but it's more effective because there isn't a rope to, for the, that's down low enough for the bear to just slash, but they've even figured that out. Some of the bears have sent their, sent their cubs up the tree and out onto the limb to cut the ropes. So like they're smart creatures and they figure it out when they want food. So, right. And that's what I was going to say. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Bears can climb trees. Right. right. So even if, well, that's why they say that's why they say send it out 10 feet out on a limb though, is because usually a a limb that that's, is that long is going to start getting narrower and narrower. So a heavier bear is going to either snap that and they're going to injure themselves or they just won't go out on that limb. But if if they're smart enough to send their cubs up, then. Well, and then that goes back to my original point where like that night that we're talking about that you and I did that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I did a real good job of getting it 10 feet out on that limb. Right. I don't think that limb was that long. So then you got the bear climbing the main trunk of the tree. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not real good with how big bears are, but I can foresee getting up there and from where we had it, it probably could have reached it without venturing out onto the limb. Well, if so, it was like the big bear that uh, chased John Candy in the great outdoors, they're pretty big. Yeah, they're a big so. bear. I mean, yeah. he said it right in the movie, Big Bear. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, that's the problem. And from everything I've read or talked to other people about, I am not the only one that is bad at getting it out far enough onto the limb or finding a limb that's good to use in order to do that. Right. So that's part of the problem with that method is right. people in general are bad at it. I mean, right. us included. I'm not t- trying to talk shit about other people, but like us included, we are not good at it. So theoretically contributing to the problem, (laughs) but, um, so we haven't been good at that. Now where we did use our bags, where there was the bear pole, Mm -hmm. um, I think that was in the porkies, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, you're correct. That was a really good method. So you had this super long, or I shouldn't say long, super tall pole that presumably the DNR or whoever controls that area had put in the campsite areas where then yeah. you got this really tall pole stuck into the ground there with a hook at the top. Mm-hmm. And then they've got another pole there for you to use to raise your bag up onto that pole. And then I don't know this for a fact, but I presume the thought behind it is this pole is so thin uh, that a bear can't climb up there to get it. And then it's high enough that a bear even standing up can't reach it. So it's out of the way. Right. 
that that was a good method. I felt very secure with that. It was the right distance from the campground or the campsite because, yep. you know, they put it there on purpose so that you had to walk over to put the thing on it. That, I thought that yep. was a really good method. I was really happy when they had those. Um, yeah. Then it didn't rely on you figuring out, okay, where is a tree that I can do this to and how high do you get it and where do you put it? Um, so in those situations, the bag worked great. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, uh, I think that was my favorite method other than maybe the bear locker. Um, yep. the, the pole, I mean, you hook your bags on this like little pole and then you send it up and attach it to the hook on top of the pole type of yep. deal. Um, it's a smooth enough surface. Bears can't grip it. Um, it's not like a tree where they can grip onto the bark or anything like that. So you, it's just, they're, they're not getting up there. A, yep. I, don't, I don't even know if a squirrel could climb that. Um, realistically, it's it's because it's just a smooth surface. I, I don't know if they could climb. Probably that. not. I mean, I yeah. am certainly no zoologist or right, right, animal expert, but I can't I can't see how a squirrel would climb that. Right. So, um, or a possum or a raccoon yeah. or any of the things. I don't see how they would even go about doing that. So that I thought that method was great. Where yeah. that's available, clearly yeah. that's not available everywhere. No, and whatever, whatever they, if, if there is a method provided for you, definitely utilize it. Now, the bear pole, we would not have been able to use if we had a bear canister because there's no hook on a bear canister unless you have a bear canister with a case or a bag that it comes with. And we, I've seen a few models that are uh, canisters that have a, ba- a bag that's got a hook on it, so you can use the bear poles if you want to. Um, yeah. But if you if you're using a bear bag, use the pole if it's available. The bear lockers, uh, like I said, that's by far, in my opinion, the strongest option. Um, it's pretty thick steel um, yep. with a two latch type of a deal where a bear can't get into it. Right. So, uh, and it's got enough space for everybody to throw their stuff if it's got four or six i think the one place this year we had six campsites here in one bag uh, locker and we had plenty of room all of the sites were booked up so um yeah. we had we had plenty of room in that locker so yeah so for anybody that hasn't seen what a locker looks like I, like before you and i had went and before we had come across our first one you know you you read things or you hear things and you hear bear locker i didn't really know what that meant or what that right. looked like yeah, so, so I guess we should should explain that. <laughs> what what a bear locker looks like? Um, I mean, realistically, kind of think kind of think of like a high school locker, uh, but instead of being like tall and thin, yeah. it's uh, it's short I and mean, fat. It's short and fat, right? I mean, it's yeah. like uh, you know, it's big enough. It's got a door on the front. It's a steel. Mm-hmm. Almost picture I mean, a box. I mean, I mean, it's a box with a hinged door on the front that has yeah. um, the, the ones we've seen. At least you had to basically use two hands to get it open because there was latches on both sides. I mean, or you can undo the one and undo the other. But right. um, with kind of like a, a turnbuckle type lock on it, so mm-hmm. you know you have a, a big latch, like a gate latch type thing that comes across the front. You latch it. You turn the turnbuckle. So. It's like a multi-pronged thing that a bear would have to be able to figure out in order right. to get into it. And then, you know, we, we of course, we knew that there, these lockers were going to be there, but then you still put all your stuff in a sack just because it's easier. And, yeah, and it keeps like Mike said, nice and stuff. 
all the all the sites in that general area were kind of sharing one. It keeps your stuff separated and all that sort of stuff too. So right. Um, but yeah, I mean that's what it is. It's like you know, it's a couple of feet tall, a couple of feet wide, a couple of feet deep with the door on the front. It's uh, mostly weatherproof, I would say. I mean, I, I don't know as though it's. I'm sure as they age, they get less weatherproof, but I, I, yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, there's no, there's no holes in the top of it or anything like that. Right. So it's, you know, it's got a door on the front. So theoretically water could get in the door in the front, but it's not, it's not perforated. Like it's a solid box, Yep. you know, well, minus the door of course. But one thing I'll say about the bear lockers too, is if you do see that there is a bear locker or you know that there's a bear locker at that site, Go look at that before you try to find a like location to use the facilities or anything like that. Because a lot of them actually have a map uh, of your little <laughs> campground. We found that out this year too. Um, they've got a little campground with like how to get back to the main trail, where like the community toilet might be, whether you choose to use it or not. Um, but it has a little map of the little campground so you know where your site is versus where all the other sites are and all that kind of stuff too. So um, just go check it out because it's got some information on it, not just a thing to store your food in. Right. And as the only caveat that I will say to that is they did not all have that map. They didn't all. So but they, but, it's a good place to start. It yep. might have a map. Yeah. Uh, I would say most of them that we came across in Picture Rocks, most of them had that map on them, but they did not all. Right. So uh, just because it doesn't have a map on it doesn't mean you're in the wrong spot. But it was, it did have helpful information on it, the ones that had the information. Yeah, <laughs> correct, correct, yes. So um, so we talked a little bit about the bear bags. The canisters are basically the exact same thing as a bag other than it is a hard plastic, um, summer metal, uh, canister. It not collapsible, doesn't break down. They're heavier. They usually weigh anywhere from one to four pounds Yeah, they take up. They're a lot bulkier. Um, the thing I like about the bag itself is that, yeah, you start with it. It's full. It's got all of your food and everything you're going to have in it for the trip. But as you eat food and as you, you know, use the stuff that's within that sack, it gets smaller and starts taking up less space and it's lighter and, and all that good stuff. The canister, it still gets lighter because you're, you're still taking the same amount of weight away by eating that food and whatnot. It's still taking up the same amount of bulk. So you either, to save that space, would have to start putting other things into that canister to save that space in your pack or you're just dealing with the same amount of space in your pack, regardless of how much food you eat and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, That's always been my big thing with why I haven't upgraded to a canister. Like I like the idea of the canister. I like that it is more bear proof than the method you and I are currently using, but it is heavier, like the canister mm. itself weighs more than a bag. Oh, yeah, and the, and the fact that it doesn't collapse down at all. Like, it is the yeah. size, you know, whatever size you pick, and they do come in multiple sizes, so, you know, get the size right. that works for however long of a trip you're going and however much stuff you're taking. Um, but at the end of the trip, it is just as big and bulky as it was at the beginning of the trip. Yeah. So it 
kind of comes with other problems with, you know, you, you probably have to pack your backpack a little bit differently because, uh, you know, you got to account for all this space that's being taken up. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're a more, it's a canister, like kind of think of like a big coffee canister more or less. I mean, they're, they're more complex than that, but like think of your big Folgers canister or whatever, you know, it's like a cylinder with a lid. So, I mean, it's big and it's going to take up a nice round space in your pack, pack, um, that is not compressible. It's not any of those things. So you're kind of going to have to weigh the pros and cons there with what, what will fit in your pack. And do you feel like the can, like the, the, the benefits of having the canister outweigh the bulkiness of it to take in your pack? Is that fair to say it that way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, so it takes up all that space in your pack. One thing that I was looking up today was because we don't have a canister, so I always just assumed that you have to carry the canister in your pack. Like, I just, you know, our bags go inside your pack. Um, it's softer, it's smaller, whatever. Yep. It, yep. So they're, they do recommend if you're going to have a bare canister that you use a framed pack rather than a frameless that way, the frame of the pack keeps the hard plastic of the canister off of your off of your back, so it's not an okay. uncomfortable thing to to carry. Um, if your pack has a Y strap on top, you can carry it. You can just strap it right on top of your pack. It adds bulk to me. That goes right to the back of your head, so it might not be the most comfortable option uh, to have the canister yeah. right on top of your pack. There. Um, we have a pack lid on our packs. Uh, on our, we've got the Gregory packs, and we'll have an episode on packs and stuff. But um, our packs do have a lid on top of them, and one of the options is just extending that um, the the length on the the lid, the top of that, so you could kind of hide the bare canister underneath that lid. Still outside of the pack, technically, but it's still you got that lid of your pack to kind of protect your head a little bit more if you, if you move it back or something like that. Yeah. And that's interesting. Cause I had never thought about carrying it there. I think I'm like you where I had always just kind of assumed I'd have to shove it down in my pack. Right. Yep. Um, so that's an interesting thought to put it underneath the lid. I hadn't thought about that. Yep. The just other logically thinking through it. I'm agreeing with you in that. I feel like your head would hit it. Right. That's, I mean, I'm thinking about getting one, like I said, so, I might try it in different, like one of our little overnighters and just yeah. see where I like it and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and I mean, realistically, everything you buy for out on the trail, you're not going to know if you like it until you use it. Just like your trekking poles. We try yeah. them. <laughs> got to bring up the trekking poles. I got to bring them up. <laughs> got to bring them up. So, but realistically, you're not going to know what you like. You just have to think through it before you buy it. And you think through it all you want, and you go, man, I really should have bought a bear canister. Like, yeah. something like that. So, weigh your pros and cons, and that's kind of why we're try- we're doing this podcast, is just to kind of let people know the decisions we made and why we made them. Yeah. But our decisions might not be for you. We're going to share the right. other options out there. 
And um, the other option that I did see too is we usually carry our tents. We've got the little loops underneath our pack and yep. our tents, and uh, uh, some people carry their their sleep pads and all that stuff. Yep. I've seen a loops. lot of people do their sleep pads down there. Yep, I've seen uh, a couple of the sites I was looking at. People carry their bear canisters down there too, which makes sense. That's somewhere where you want some of your weight to be. Uh, thrown on and then you could put your tent maybe underneath the uh the the pack lid and all that kind of stuff so okay different, you know different ways of packing your pack um you just every new thing you buy for the for the trail is gonna rearrange how you or redo how you pack your pack it you have to fit it somewhere and you just got to think when do i need this i usually try to pack my pack and maybe that'll be a whole episode is how we pack our packs. That's actually a good idea. Cause you and I, well, I mean, I swear to God, we don't pack it the same way. Anytime we know. Cause it. I think of it it's a different every way time to do it's it. Like, oh, I should have done this this way or oh, I should have done right. this this way. So yeah. you, you're, you're going to go through that too, especially when you buy new gear. So yeah. Um, that's, that's kind of the main thing there with, if you do buy a, a, a bear canister, and you can't put it if it doesn't have uh, if you don't have a bear locker and it you can't it doesn't have a bag or whatever to put it in and get it up on a bear pole or do the around the tree limb thing. They recommend still finding a spot that's a hundred feet away from your campsite, flipping it upside down. Um, if you flip it upside down, that the bears will try to treat the top of of it, meaning the bottom if it's upside down, as the lid, and they it'll make it more secure that they won't be able to figure out how to open it. Okay. Um, and it, and it makes it more weatherproof. They claim, um, if it's upside down, um, I could see that. Yeah. Now, and, here's and, the only other thing. Okay. Go ups, ahead. Upside down. If the bear just starts chewing on it, it's not going to be chewing on the lid and per, possibly preventing you from being able to open it. So that's the oh. other reason. Keep it upside down that way. Okay. That's a good yep. thought. Now, the only other, the thing that just popped into my head that we haven't talked about, and I feel like since we're on bear canisters, this is the time to bring it up. Where you and I go, thus far anyway, in our, you know, amateur hiking careers, um, (laughs) we have not gone anywhere that requires a bear canister. So Mike and I have said before, we are in Michigan. We have bears here, but they're not largely they're not problematic right like we have some but they're you know they're kind of doing their own thing and we don't run into a lot of bear problems right there are um i think largely some national parks although you know maybe if you get out west near those national parks or just whatever um there are places that require you to use a canister because like i was saying earlier i think people are bad at doing the bear bag and getting it at the right spot on the tree and all these things or maybe there's not trees available or whatever there are spots where the rule is you have to have a canister because the bears have gotten too smart for the bags and slash also people are not using the bags right so they require you to have a canister so all of that to say before you go look up and see what the rules for the area are yeah yep do your research make sure where you're going If, if it requires a bear canister there's a reason for it and sadly I'm going to say from what I've been reading is 90% of the time that a bear canister is required. It's not only a, it's they've got more bear activity, but it's a more popular park for humans. Also like Yosemite and all that kind of stuff. 
and we all know humans aren't the most, uh, we're not the greatest creature on the planet. We leave garbage. We leave right. garbage. So regardless if, if we, you know, have a pack in, pack out, you know, and, you know, we're only reaching a handful of people or whatever at this point. But, you know, whoever, you know, there's websites about pack in, pack out, all that stuff. There, Nobody reads that stuff. Apparently, or the majority of our horrible species uh, doesn't read that. So they just leave their garbage. Bears get a scent or a taste for human food. And if there's more bears and more people... Yeah. There's more, there's more, more possibility of, of problem. So yeah, they require it and that's the, there's a reason for it. So use the bear canister, take the bear canister and, and do your best to use it properly or put it in a proper place to avoid any, uh, any issues and safety concerns. Yeah. And look, I mean, here's the other thing. Again, Mike and I are not experts. Any right. of these devices that you get, whether it's a bag or a canister, the majority, you have notes. I know. You did your own research, but bear canisters and bear bags usually are going to come with instructions on this is what you should be doing. Um, This is where you should be putting it. This is how this thing works. This is how to properly attach the lid to this bear canister Mm -hmm. and make it, you know, as big of a deterrent for a bear to get into as you can. Um, and usually bears and other critters. I mean, there, we all know that there's other critters, too, that you could be keeping away. We call it all a bear bag and a bear canister. It's not just bears that are trying to get into your stuff, but they're usually the the worst of the worst. So, Right. Um, so then, so that's kind of canisters, that's lockers, that's bear poles. The only thing that we haven't specifically talked about, and I'm going to drop a brand name here, and I know that this brand is not the only brand that makes these, but I'm going to talk about, uh, I believe it's pronounced Ursax. Um, So you and I talked about what we do, and we use kind of the dry bag thing, but like, so an actual bear bag, Mm -hmm. Ursac or similar. I'm, we're not endorsed by Ursac. I, I only say that brand name because that's the brand that I know, and I don't know what else to refer to it as. Um, like Mike was saying, these bags are made out of a different material. It's mm-hmm. a it's a Kevlar or some similar. I'm sure Kevlar is brand name, so who knows if they're made out of brand name Kevlar. Right. Um, but what it, it basically is is claw proof, so like slash slash resistant, and mm-hmm. they're supposedly largely by laboratory tests and I'm assuming field tests, uh, resistant to bear teeth. So even if a bear yeah. tries to chomp down on it to rip it open with its mouth, it's supposed to stop that. Now it's probably going to ruin everything that's in there for you because right. you know, bears jaws are tough, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't be able to get in there and eat your food and then want more people food, you know, cause yeah. it's not getting the actual taste for the stuff that's in there. Um, so th- that being said, though, there are, and even, I was looking at the the, the Ursacs, and it's, uh, there are aluminum and or I think steel options, inserts, liners that you can put in your yes. bag yeah. to prevent the, not prevent, but to help reduce the amount of chomping and squishing and all that kind of stuff in your in your bear bag 
My opinion, but I feel though, like if I, was gonna, I feel like if you're gonna go that route, why wouldn't you just get a just canister, get a canister? Though? I was just gonna say, like, <laughs> if I'm gonna go that route and get a, get a insert that's gonna be bulky and heavy and all that anyway, I'll just get a canister. So yeah, um, right. That's kind of yeah. how I feel. Like if you're gonna go through all that, well, then yep. just get a canister. I mean, right. But so, then the other nice thing about the Ursax, from what I was reading about them, um, if you get that type of bag, theoretically you don't have to do the whole 10 feet up and 10 feet out on the tree. Right. Because a bear shouldn't be able to get to it. You can just lash it to the tree, like with a, you know, with a rope or with a buckle or whatever, all the things so that a bear can't run off with it. Yeah. Well, so that's one other thing that I was going to bring up with the, the canisters. And I guess it would be for the, the bags or anything like that is that they say don't stash it near a ledge or a lakeshore um, because oh, yeah. a, a, a critter could knock it off the ledge or into the water Yeah, um, type of a deal. And don't put it next to a rock or any hard surface like tree roots, a tree, anything like that directly because a bear could just mash it in there trying to break it open. So so they they recommend actually setting it up uh, especially the canister setting it upside down in kind of like an open area um that's not in there where where it's at risk of falling off of any ledges or rock cliffs or anything like that and uh to where it's not going to get smashed i mean they could still potentially smash it on the ground but that's anywhere so they're just trying to not give it any extra uh surfaces to smash into I mean, that um, all so- sounds well, fine, and good, and I'm sure the people that wrote that were very well-intentioned and all these sort of things, but where you and I go, how the hell are you not going to have it by a tree? <laughs> like, well, I, I know, I know. There's trees the everywhere. You're in the woods. You're in the woods. Into the woods. So. so, yeah. So one last thing I will say, um, if you are still weighing your pros and cons of the bear canister and the uh, bear bag type of a deal... The one pro that everybody really seems to like about the canisters is that you can use them as a stool at, at camp. I knew you were going to say that. I almost brought that up when you said that earlier. I'm like, well, you can sit on it at least. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. So you've got it. You, you don't have to take a chair or anything like that. You've got a stool. I've never had a problem finding a log. I mean, I'll sit on the ground. Let's be honest. Or sit on the ground. I whatever. mean, yeah, whatever. You're, you've been dirty so, anyway. Yeah. I mean, the ground isn't the most comfortable thing, but yeah, you know, plop your plop your backpack down, lean up against your backpack, find a log. Yep. yep. So now, that that's that's the one taken... pro that I was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. And now now I feel bad because I just said that, and then in the previous episode we talked about how sometimes we take chairs when we're not going for multiple right, nights. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's a bonus, though. I mean, you could sit on it, theoretically. Yeah. I can't imagine that they're real comfortable to sit on, but... Well, I mean, it's like sitting on a bar stool. Probably worse than sitting on a bar stool, because you're not at a proper height or anything like that, and you don't have anything to recline on, so... Exactly, yeah. So, after a long day of hiking, you kind of just want to kick back and relax. Yes. So, but... I think that, I mean, that's all That's all of the notes I took. So, I know. I don't. But, <laughs> I can't think. Have we missed anything? I mean, that's the gist of it. I mean, clear. Just to kind of reiterate, there's going to be some trial and error, right? Like, I mean, you oh, and yeah. I went before we started. We were like, "Yep, we're going to do bags, and that's the right way to do it." 
And then here we are three and a half going on four years in, and it's like, well, I could see the benefit of having a canister, or I could see the benefit right. of upgrading to an ERSAC type thing or whatever. So, I mean, it's going to be trial and error. Everybody's going to have to figure out what works for them. Um, then Christmas there's the whole thing. Coming, I'm going to ask Santa for a canister. Yeah, I know. Well, and we didn't even get into the whole thing about there. We touched on it briefly, but there's like different sizes for all this stuff. So then it's mm-hmm. like, okay, what size do you get? Whether it's a, right. a bag or a canister, they all come in different sizes anyway. So you're going to have to figure out, okay, realistically, how big of a size do you need? And I'll be honest with you, three years ago, I would have thought I need a way bigger one than oh, yeah. what I well, do today. I mean, we talked about mm-hmm. how we used to weigh overpack with food and all the things. Yep. So, like, if we had bought, let's say we bought a canister to go on our first trip, well, chances are at this point I would be like, yeah, we should have bought a smaller one. Yeah. So you're going to have I'd to figure st- out what works for you. I'd still be eating out of that canister if we, if we took a <laughs> canister on our first trip. I probably would have needed my own canister just for the trail mix and then a separate <laughs> canister for the rest of my food. So, yep. yeah, but that's yes. the thing. I mean, it's, it's all trial and error. There is no one size fits all, and this is going to work for every situation you go to. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but that's just... yeah. You're gonna have to figure it well, out. Well, yeah, I mean that. I mean, I don't like saying you got to figure it out, but you're you. We're us. We right. know what works for us. And if you're you're an amateur listening to this, we're amateurs too. We're not professionals, but we're still figuring it out too. We're just trying to shed some light and help people with their research going along these things and share right. some opinions of what we've what we've experienced out there already. So that's the, well, and it's all yeah. going to depend on you know. How many nights are you going for? Right. You know, how, how long is it between refueling? Like if, if, you know, we I talked to somebody just, what was it, last weekend, two weeks ago, two weekends ago? Whatever it was, I talked to that lady. She she did the AT. I mean, you're if you're on the AT, that is drastically different. You know, you're going absolutely much more mileage between refuels mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. You're going to need different stuff on that than you and I do going out for a yeah. fun four-day weekend trip. You know, I mean, it's just right. different things. So different strokes yeah. for different folks. But you're going to have to figure out what type of trip are you going on, how much stuff are you going to need to pack on it, and go from there. Maybe maybe work backwards. I guess that's the best advice that I yeah. can give is figure out how much stuff are you going to need to take and then figure out how big of a, a bare deterrent system are yeah. you going to need based on that. Well, and that's that's kind of your your packs and everything too like right not to not to get into that that will be a whole other episode but when we went and we were getting sized up for our packs you know the 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 girl that was helping us asked us what's i don't want to say the longest but what's the typical trip you're planning on doing or how are you planning on doing this and then you figure out how much you're going to need to take you kind of Figure right. out what what you need to fit and all that. So that's how we ended up with the size packs we got. And I think you'd pretty much do the same thing with your food canisters. Yeah. So it's one of those but, things too that's real hard to buy online. Um, yeah. Because yeah, absolutely. I kind of want to see it in real life. Like when you say, "Oh, this is a three liter bag." Okay, what is that? Right. Like, well, I, mean, I, I don't know. Maybe there's other people that are good at visualizing that. I'm not good at visualizing that. If you just say it's a three liter bag, picture a two liter bottle. And no, then I get that. Has. No, I, I get that, <laughs> but it's not. 
I'm not good at that is what I am oh, saying. Okay. I want to okay. see it in person, which <laughs> is bad for anybody that doesn't live near a, you know, a, yeah. this type of sporting goods store, but right. You know, maybe yep. at least find out if wherever you're getting it from has a good return policy, if it's not the size that you wanted it to be. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure that you can bring it back in exchange for larger and or smaller um, yeah. as needed. Um, or know that that works for maybe a two day trip instead of the four day that you took and go get a different size. And then, but then you've got options for the length of trip that you need. You so, know, that's, that's a good point too, though. Like you, you are maybe going to be the type of person that goes on various length trips. Maybe it's not a one size fits all for you. So, right. you know, you might find that you need several different sizes. Um, yep. You know, or maybe you have a big one and you just make it work for small trips, but you know, right. Well, I mean, just because it's a, a bear canister for food, uh, doesn't mean you can't throw other stuff in there. I mean, True. I've seen where, you know, you, people throw their socks and, and things like not dirty, but you know, like their clean socks and, and stuff like that. And yeah. just, they stuff that full to save space on the rest of their pack too. So yeah. Which um, I think is a great idea. Yep. And I think, I think that's what you would realistically do, right? Like use the space to yeah. the best of its ability. So yeah, I mean, if you get one that's too big, you probably can figure it out. Um, yep. And especially if you're going the bag route, I mean, the bag collapses down into almost nothing anyway, you know, so if right. you're not filling the whole thing, that's one of the reasons that you and I decided to go with the bag was it's like, well, it's more it versatile and I don't got a bunch of money to buy a bunch of one of every size. So, right, right. So, yeah, so I think that, uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else on, uh, no bags I and canisters and. I think that pretty much covers everything I wanted to. Um, I'll just say again, as always, if anybody has differing opinions or if we have said something you drastically disagree with or anything you do agree with or just want to reach out for any reason, you can always reach us at our email at seanmikehike at gmail.com. We're on all the major socials at Sean Mike Hike. Yep. Um, or, or even if you just want to reach out and say, I've been thinking about this topic and what is your take or, or what yeah. do you guys think or something like that. If you have a topic you would like us to cover, uh, not that we're running out of ideas. We keep coming up with more as you know, we came up with another one on this, uh, this episode. So <laughs> right. we'll, uh, yeah. uh, we keep adding more, but if there is something that you specifically would like to, um, you know, not even like you don't know about it, but you would like to hear our take or what we think about it, then uh, we're all ears and we're happy to, uh, to to look into it. Yep. And the only other thing that I'll say is we actually have had a few people reach out at this point. Um, so thank yep. you to people that wrote in. I'm not going to call anybody yes. out by name, but thank you for the few of you that have written in. Um, I'm going to do it a makes new plug this time <laughs> that we have not done before, but... Ooh. If you're enjoying this podcast and if you're listening to this episode, rate, review, and subscribe. That is how we help other people find this. Um, I hear that on all the podcasts that I listen to until you and I started making this. I didn't fully understand what that meant. Bumps um, you up, yeah. But yeah, it really does bump you up and help other people find it. So if you are enjoying this, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're getting this podcast See, from. You're, you're doing it wrong. What? It's rate review and smash that subscribe button. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't talk like that, <laughs> and I will not be doing that. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's all I got to say. Uh, any last thoughts from you, Mike? 
No, go take a hike. Yeah, go take a hike, eh? We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. See you in a couple weeks, everybody. Smash that subscribe button.